Hey everybody, this is Alex, this is Lunchbox Sunday Edition. Now, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the episode on Wonder Egg Priority. You can go listen to that if you haven't on the feed and whatever you listen to me right now. But today I wanted to talk about something, granted a little influenced by uh, the watch I'm doing of a live action show, um, and that's cameos. So... A bunch of years back, a show was made um, on HBO called Entourage. And on Entourage, from the jump, the show is a cameo machine. And what I mean by cameos, I mean an appearance made by a person from another property. And it's it's a knowing thing. And they just, show, they just show up for, like, a couple minutes, maybe an episode, and or maybe it's, like, a whole season or a bunch of episodes, or sometimes the whole show at different points throughout the show. Um, one of the more infamous cameos, some of the more infamous cameos in um, Entourage are Gary Busey is, like, a force of nature. Uh, Bob, so... Bob Saget's uh, first comedy routine in years on HBO, like, floored people because he was just nasty. Danny Tanner, the America's dad, was just the nastiest about everything. And probably, I forget what order it happened, but the first show he was on after that was Entourage, and he was just, he's just like the most, the biggest uh, hooker-buying, model-fucking cokehead you can imagine, and it's amazing. Um, but the reason why I want to talk about cameos in anime is because it doesn't really happen all that much, and the big reason that cameos in anime don't happen all that much is not because you know, people aren't watching all these shows and people aren't influenced by all these shows. A lot of people are influenced by a lot of the biggest shows and shows you've never heard of and shows that are, like, ancient history at all points in the anime industry. I mean, you can see it with the amount of clones of things that... um with the amount of shows that feel like shows from previous seasons that come out every 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 new with every new season. So I can only imagine the kind of influences something like Demon Slayer will have on what we see going forward. And that can turn into a vicious cycle and it can turn into like, oh crap, we get every once in a while we get um something super derivative that doesn't um it doesn't do much for the form that it's working in or the or don't do much for the medium the form 
for the genre of anime that it's working in. Something like, think, um, Black Clover, and I know there's lots of people who love Black Clover. You can go listen to my episode on Black Clover where I drag that thing through the dirt, because I, I went insane and watched 106 episodes of it. Don't ask me why, I just did. Um, and that show is hot garbage, no matter what way you cut it. Um, I'm sorry, it, it, I, spe- I just speak the truth. And it, it's because it doesn't, it's because it doesn't, it doesn't do anything super intelligent with the stuff it's working with. But that, so that's the deal with animators. They all watch everybody, all anime, all animators watch all the other animator stuff. They all have points of references. If you've ever seen a animator's desk, if you've ever seen even a creative's desk, it's filled. It's usually surrounded, and this includes me, filled and surrounded with stuff that brings them joy and stuff that brings them inspiration. Um, it's very rare that you'll see a creative. It's not impossible, but it's very rare that you'll see. A creative desk that feels um, unpersonal. Um, a perfect example of that is if you've ever worked in any kind of advertising agency, and I mean any kind of advertising agency, short of they literally just put us on this floor, we haven't gotten to the desk that hard yet. <laughs> um, it will look like a freaking toy factory because lots of creatives bring their personality to their workspace because it makes it allows them to do better work um i used to work at pretty regularly at one of the top three um pharmaceutical ad agencies in the world uh, um a place called cement block and the funny thing about um the pharmaceutical ad 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 agency work it's not very exciting like the product usually isn't very um like groundbreaking or exciting or demanding of a creative person but they do but they do want talent because they do want to be able to bring that when they need to bring that and one of the reasons why I work there as a um freelance art director production designer was but mostly honestly art director um was because they wanted somebody who could bring that kind of bring the kind of work that i was capable of to their clients and as a result like i was able i was able to do really good work for them but the thing that you wouldn't expect if you walk into their offices, and their offices are barely brightly colored, and there's just, like, toys littering people's desks everywhere. And the reason why that is is because they, they A, an ad agency like that pays really well because they want to be able to get and keep top talent, and when the work isn't exciting, you gotta, you got to pay through the nose for that. And B, you know, creative people, like I just said, they 
draw influence from all over, all kinds of things. And the reason why they aren't paying more direct homage by, you know, putting cameos in different shows is because of IP rights and of copyright of characters. So, um, if you, uh, there are tons of, there are actually a couple versions of this. Um, characters oftentimes will do fighting, like fighting game moves or fight or shown in anime moves in other shows. Characters will often do, usually comedy shows do this. Um, characters will do, uh, what's it called? Um, like a Kamehameha or they'll do the Yamcha the Yamcha dead in the hole pose or something like that but there's pretty little there's pretty there are ways to get around the copyright thing and usually it's done by creators in their own creations so if you go look at something like, and usually it's done using, um, using either what I think of as a universe system or a star system, which is the star system is a thing that was specifically created by Osama Tezuka. And basically what the star system is, is you use not the exact same characters, but the exact same character designs across your properties. So, that will mean the character design for Astro Boy might show up in um, Dororo. Or the character design for Dororo himself might show up in like Phoenix or Blackjack. And that star system makes it confusing to know what character is what because multiple character designs will have different names and different personalities and different whole storylines in different shows but it was something that Osama Tezuka did A to use those designs again because he probably liked those character designs but B tie his properties together in a more cohesive way now the universe system a universe system which is what I am apparently calling it is more just the characters inhabit a shared universe you see this in basically the entirety of clamp the clamp of earth and the clamp of earth is um i forget the name of the show that is just literally about hopping through the clamp of earth to get some to get someone or something back but um if you've ever seen Card Capture Sakura, it exists in the same world as um, a show called XXXHolic. And that exists in the same world, as, in, in the same universe as, um, what's it called? Um, Magic Knight Rhea. And that doesn't mean they literally all exist on the same version of Earth. That means that they are all happening at, I believe in that case, at the same time 
in but like and can communicate with each other and they actually explain that pretty meaningfully in XXXholic but um the more like conceivable universal thing universe concept is actually um best displayed in Ayazawa's work so if you've ever seen Ayazawa any of I much of Ayazawa's work it all takes place in the same timeline of the same version of Tokyo um I don't know how far back she goes or how far forward she goes but I know that a uh, like great jumping on point for that universe is a um, show and manga called Neighborhood Stories and Neighborhood Stories follows um, Mikako and uh, I forget the character's name but um, follow the whole cast of characters who eventually grow up to be the characters in to be the older adult characters in Paradise Kiss and Paradise Kiss I believe happens before Nana and Nana and Nana they go to the same art they go to the same art school as the they go to in um in neighborhood stories and also as they go to in but but Nana they go to um the fine arts program not the fashion design program but they go to the fashion design program for Yazagaku Academy in um, both Neighborhood Stories and Paradise Kiss. And the same teacher teach there in both stories as well. In, in all three stories as well. And the last, the last kind of like great incidental connector is that they all go to the same bar, which hilariously is a take on is is Ayazawa's take on a bar that um a um bar and burger joint that I don't believe that I think there is still one actually I think they're all closed there is still one in the the used to be one in New York City I forget what the name of the bar is though um but you I went to the original one and the that bar looks like the one in Nana Neighborhood Stories and um Paradise Kiss. And what this does what this does is it doesn't actually affect the show it's like the plot of the show at all, but it adds a kind of greater life and what it makes the show feel like is what the it, what it accomplishes for people who have seen more of Ayazawa's work is it lets them watch the show as lots of people intend shows to be watched I'm sure which is this is a big it, Especially if the show isn't supposed to be a big world-saving event kind of a show. And that is this is this is a this is a group of characters that stuff is happening to 
in the real world and, you know, somebody could be just eating normal breakfast somewhere. And the more of a, like, background world, the more of a universe you can place those characters in, the more it feels real. So, not much of Nana alludes to Paradise Kiss or Neighborhood Stories, but when you are watching the opening, one of the, I think the second opening for Nana, the scene where one of the characters is getting in front of a billboard, and it's a billboard for Happy Berry, the fashion, the fashion brand that was established in Neighborhood, all the way back in Neighborhood Stories. And continues through Paradise Kiss and apparently into um into what's it called? Into uh, and continues into um Nana. And Ayazawa why Ayazawa doesn't use the star system, it's a little nod to it. In Nana and Paradise Kiss. And Paradise Kiss is a character named um named Arashi. And I forget the um forget the character's name in Nana. But in Nana, the one of the one of the main side one of the main supporting characters who becomes a love interest and a love uh, a um love interest for Hachi and kind of the love interest the show is like hey he's the uh, Nobu the character of Nobu is very clearly a reinterpretation of Arashi's character design from Nana because Nana has a slightly different stylistic taste take because it's Nana is all Nana is a very punk rock style it's a style that um it's a it's like at times it's like full goth Lolita style whereas um Paradise Kiss while yes very goth Lolita style is much more traditional Lolita style and that makes sense since it is super it's super highly credited for that kind of like punk rock goth lolita style and being the inception of it um which while probably not much to yazawa sensei's chagrin uh, it's very clearly not that was very clearly not her passion project even the manga is only three volumes long, um, whereas I believe the volume count for Nana is 47 volumes long, which I find really interesting. Um, but the reason I was kind of thinking about this is there's been like a resurgence of Jinro in my life. What I mean by that is both um, Beyond Ghibli and um, Anime Abandoned, two two excellent, and I mean excellent, and I don't say that lightly, um, anime-focused channels on YouTube, both 
revisited both visited either revisited Jinro on their on to talk about on their channels. And Jinro is part of what they call the Kerbo Saga. And was created by um I'm having a I'm having a morning. Created by the director of um what's it called? Of of Ghost in the Shell and Jinro is like Jinro is a beautiful like stunningly beautiful super influential amazing animated film anime film but the rest of it is like what you would expect from the dude who did Ghost in the Shell who did Ghost in the Shell 2 Electric Love Slave Boogaloo it's all very weird it's all very just not good usually and it's not super worth seeking out but he gave the project to a different director um, for Jinro and the director actually hilariously tried to weasel out of it but it ended up fucking him up um, ultimately and not allowing him to get out of it and he ends up producing this beautiful thing and that combined with honestly way too much entourage in my life at this point made me start thinking about cameos and the way they happen in anime because anime can be directed anime on the back end can be done by so many different people oftentimes not even the same people as the first show was done look at um, I believe Studio I believe Madhouse did the first season of One Punch Man and Mappa did the second season and the second season is just the second season looks like hot trash like it it, I couldn't make it through the second season no matter how good the storyline was going to potentially be because uh, Genos' arms kept visually assaulting me at every possible second um, because they were done in CG in the second season and by hand in the first season but um, some of the, the really the best cameo it's like a true cross that that suggests a universe system, like you, like I just spoke about with Aya Valid work, is the um, the two Bacano characters that show up in the crowd in the I believe the first season of Dorara, and um, the last thing is the reason that. There aren't crossed, there aren't non-universe or star system um, cameos in shows. It's because it doesn't because of IP rights. If you do something without permission, you will ultimately get you will ultimately get sued, or in um. There's a show that infamously you can't... There's a couple shows, I think, that infamously you can't watch 
a couple or sometimes the first episode of because a lot of times these are comedy shows um they make so many direct like straight up cameos and direct cameos and direct references to characters that you don't that like the other shows are like we can't like oops we flipped this on the air and that that's um that that's super illegal so we're gonna strike it from existence um I forget what show it is about the seven brothers but that first show is so laced with anime references direct references not like oh Dragon Ball P or something or um that the thing can't be showed the thing can't be aired or published anywhere because that just opens up them up to like Toei being like hey you, that, that looks an awful lot like you owe us money um so I just I Entourage got me thinking about it because it was so uh, Entourage and um just the whole concept of the Kerbo Saga got me thinking about it because in the case of Entourage literally like on many many on no, I don't think on every episode but on most of the episodes of Entourage because the thing is supposed to be about a rising star in Hollywood they straight up like you know the, Jerry Busey will show up they do shrooms in the desert with Eric Roberts. <laughs> they like, and on a recent episode I just watched, on one of the episodes I just watched, Tom, they play golf. They play a golf tournament with freaking Tom Brady and Mark Wahlberg, who's an executive producer on that show. So it's just this, it's this really interesting, fun thing that when it happens, it usually happens in really specific ways. And rewards your knowledge of anime with um with something with something last time usually meaningful, but it doesn't have to be meaningful. And on that note, if you like the show, you can subscribe to it in whatever app you're using to listen to it right now. New episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Sunday is more like what you just heard. It's more metatextual, it's more conceptual. Um, Thursdays are about a specific show or property, and they're my thoughts on it. Um, and on that note, my name has been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I will talk to you on Thursday.